G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We often say when the darkness gets darker, the light gets brighter. Well, tough times around the world and pressure on Christians might make us feel like the momentum of the Christian gospel is somehow on hold. When in fact, for many, it has increased their resolve to pursue the Great Commission. A conversation today which is going to have a number of dimensions to it and you might like to contribute on all sorts of different levels and uh, you know won't lock you out uh, if you want to make a contribution on any sort of level when it comes to uh, issues around the Great Commission and the parable of the sower. Uh, we're going to talk about what that parable of the sower might mean for us today. In the parable, you'll remember that the sower, who is God, sows seed. And it falls on different types of ground. You can read this parable as we're having the conversation in Matthew chapter 13. Now, some seed fell on the path and the birds ate it. Some seed fell on rocky ground with shallow roots, vulnerable to drying out, and it died. Some seed fell among thorn bushes that grew up and choked it. And other seed fell into good soil, which produced a crop. Now, that's one of the things we'll talk about, and we'll tie these together, I hope, uh, over this coming hour. You may have heard of the initiative called Global Outreach Day. It's been running for more than 10 years and is about to change shape, taking things to a new level with a new and ambitious goal. Global Outreach Day, which happens on the last Sunday in May, has been the official worldwide day for every believer to reach at least one person with the gospel. Now that day is morphing into a global movement with a goal to reach the whole planet with the gospel by 2030. And some will be wondering what it looks like for us participating in a global movement. When I say us, I don't mean Vision Radio, I mean you and I, wherever you might be listening around this wonderful nation of ours. Well, we're going to unpack a whole bunch of things today. I think another heart-to-heart conversation, a special day, with Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim, and he's the Australian representative for Go Day and uh, this new movement we're talking about. Stu Miller, a special welcome back to 2020. Great to be here. Stu, let's start talking not about the, you know, the global evangelism thing. Some people, in fact, even are challenged whenever they hear messages about the Great Commission. And uh, and for some time, you know, it just, it just unsettles some people. Mm. Other people mm. get pretty excited about that. So let's start talking about mm. the parable of the sower. Sure. One of those magnificent parables that Jesus told, and God is the one sowing the seed. Now, mm. Take us into your thoughts, maybe an overview of what you think about the parable of the sower, and just for listeners, knowing that you are an evangelist. Sure. Um, I think um, when we're talking about the Great Commission, like you, like you say, some people can feel it's overwhelming 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And you think, oh my goodness, how how am I going to be well, faithful? Little old me. Little old me. How am I going to do that? But um, I think we're probably all aware that this is a command to the church as a whole, and we're all supposed to be working together on this, each one of us in our networks and our oikos and the, the people that are around us that we can connect with and, and share the gospel with. So I, I don't think you're personally responsible to reach, uh, you know, seven billion people on the planet one-on-one. Um. <laughs> okay, well, let me but, uh, just start with this. You've just let everybody off the hook now. No, not at all, because <laughs> if we don't if we don't band together and if we don't all do our part, we can never accomplish this, because this is the problem, I think, Neil, that some people think, oh, I don't have the gift of evangelism. It's not my thing. I've, I've got this ministry or I've got this calling and I don't need to share the gospel because I'm, I'm an introvert. You know, there's, I hear all of these excuses all the time. And really, uh, it's going to take all types to reach all types. And I've been offering, as you know, $1,000 for a long time for anyone who can show me anywhere in the Bible that it says evangelism is a gift. It's not there. There's no such thing as a gift of evangelism. It's a command of Christ to go into the world and preach the gospel. So if we take that command seriously, like we should take every command of Christ seriously. Um, we want to reach the people that are around us. Now, I know that that everybody's not going to be standing up on stage. They're not going to be a Billy Graham. They're not going to be, uh, you know, necessarily going over to a, an unreached tribe in the middle of the jungle in Africa. But we've all called by God to reach the people around us with the gospel. And if we all take that responsibility, you know, how long would it take really to, to, to reach this world if every Christian stood up and reached people around them? Wow. Stu, I get the impression, and it might even be uh, even personal experience. Yes. I'm waiting for someone else to go and do all of those sure. magnificent things. As you say, yes. you know, there are some people who are particularly gifted yep. or particularly sacrificial yes. uh, who will go and do those amazing things and reach mm. the unreached tribes and, uh, mm. you know, train to be the evangelist and stand on stages around the world, sure. uh, which you can't do right now anyway. But uh, <laughs> this idea of waiting for someone else Mm. Uh, I wonder whether we might just bring uh, every individual into the context here because mm. I suspect this is mm. what the parable of the sower That's right. is is focusing on. This like yeah. everybody here has a soil and the seed has fallen into our lives. Mm. Well, I think, um, you know, you said that, that God's the sower, but, you know, I guess parables are, are one of these things that you can sort of read in a number of different ways. And we do know that it's God is the one that saves people. We know he's the one that draws people to himself. You know, John six sixty five, no one comes to the Son unless they're drawn by the Father. So we want to acknowledge and give all the glory to God. He's the one that saves people. But we are the ones that actually sow the seed of the gospel into people's hearts. And so that's our calling. So God draws people by his Holy Spirit. We sow the seed of the gospel. And together, as we're working with God in this great rescue plan for the world to bring people into his kingdom, uh, work together uh, on this mission. So if we're casting out the seed, Neil, and obviously when we're, when we're casting seed, and we're sharing the gospel because the interesting thing about um, you know Mark sixteen fifteen when it says go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, uh, and and you know in Timothy when it says preach the word in season and out of season, it's sort of like you're sort of thinking, well, hey, wouldn't you just do it in season when 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 the fruit's coming, <laughs> when it's harvest time? Wouldn't you just do it when you know to the the people who are the good soil? No, he's saying cast the seed out. And even in the parable of sower, it says, look, your seed's going to land in a number of places. 
It could land in the good soil. It could land on a path. It could land on, you know, in shallow soil. It could land in, in a place where the thorns grow up and, and choke the plants. You don't really know until sometimes, until the, 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 the seed comes up, whether it's going to be a strong, you know, it's going to bear fruit or not. And, and that's one of the things. We don't know, but we're called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, there's something really profound I came across mm-hmm. as I was preparing for today's conversation, Stu. Yep. Jesus himself mm-hmm. thought this parable of the sower was the most important parable. Mm. And you can read this yourself, Mark chapter 4 mm-hmm. and verse 13. Jesus thought this is the most important parable. He asked his disciples, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Mm. So if you talk about this parable being mm. the most important parable, because if you can't understand this one, all those other parables that Jesus told are going to be harder to understand too. So mm. the seed that is sown falls on different soil. Yeah. Now, I suspect that while Jesus told this parable in an agrarian culture, first century, yep. uh, that because it is the most important parable, it's got to be understood in all the centuries. So here we are, 21st century, 2021, yep. understanding that, that we actually are ones who have soil in our own heart that receives a seed. So before you can even talk about reaching out others around the world, mm-hmm. uh, you've got to be able to talk about how the seed has taken form in you and how it is growing in your life. Is that a fair enough way to talk about that? Absolutely. I mean, we've got to start where we are. And that's an interesting thing, you know, that, that we're called to first reach Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. So uh, we, we start where we are. And, and sometimes it's easy to go on a, on a short-term mission trip with our church and we go to another culture and we think, hey, it's so easy to talk to the people about Jesus here, (laughs) but we can't talk to our own neighbors when we get home, you know. And so there is something difficult in our our society that we've got to break through as Christians here. When we go to a communal-based society um, overseas, uh, you know, it's a different way of thinking. People are sitting around. They're happy to have a talk with you. They're, they're interested. You're, you're, you've got, you're, you've got, you come from a different culture. They're, what are you doing here? They're interested in you. They're already engaging with you, and it's very, very easy to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, but in our own culture, we're very individualistic. We're, you know, this is my family. This is, you know, we've got walls and, and uh, fences and some people don't even talk to their neighbours and it's it's very much an individualised sort of society. We're not communal based like some um, countries. And so it's, it's, there's, there's, it's a harder thing to do, but it's not impossible, Neil, and we've got to be able to break through here. We can't put it in the too hard basket and say, well, we'll, we'll reach the overseas people, but you know, people don't want to know in Australia. Because that's not true. Well, there's a lot of thoughts I have come to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to sow this one into our conversation. Sure. Uh, the idea that if you are, like you say, as yep. isolating yourself, you know, we cut ourselves off from our neighbours. Yeah. This thought about offence comes in. Uh, we don't want to say something to the neighbour in case we offend the neighbour. Mm-hmm. We don't want the neighbour to say anything to us in case they offend us. And so you've got to come to grips here with something to do with this idea of offence. What are your thoughts around that being a sort of a blockage and one of these individual things that uh, that we all have to, to grapple with? 
Well, there definitely is a, a, a blockage there. And I think it comes from, uh, I mean, our, our, my grandparents would, would say, you know, you don't talk about sex, religion or politics. You know? <laughs> it's sort of you don't broach those topics. You talk about other things, you know, because they're controversial. Uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, we've got to get past that and we've got to say, well, you know, if we're doing it with love and with gentleness and with respect and leaving the person with their dignity intact, we're not talking at them or preaching at them we're talking with them in a two-way spiritual conversation two-way dialogue uh, then you know that is a that is a great thing to do and if, obviously if we care about people and if we care about their souls if we care about their eternity we need to get past this Neil we need to can't put it in the too hard basket can't say the cultural norms say you know avoid this don't talk with your neighbor don't do anything controversial because if we care enough we've got to get this life-changing and eternity mattering <laughs> message to people. Well, I do want to invite listeners to join into our conversation today. You might have your own thoughts about the parable of the sower, about what that means to us today here in Australia, about what that means for a Great Commission and the idea that the movement, the Global Outreach Day movement, is morphing into uh, something that has a goal now set to, to reach every person on earth by 2030. Now, you might have your own thoughts as to whether that is possible because our Facebook question today is asking this, is it possible that the whole world will be reached with the Christian gospel without any organised effort? Think that through carefully and make your response. You can find that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Life. Culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Uh, love to have your insights today as we talk through issues around the parable of the sower and what that might mean for us today in the 21st century. Stu Miller is our guest. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. We're also talking uh, about the Global Outreach Day, the way that's changing and the way they've put a goal on reaching every person on the planet by 2030. And how would that happen without any organisation? The Facebook question we're asking today is, is it possible that the whole world will be reached with the Christian gospel without any organised effort? You can respond to that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Stu Miller, when we talk about the parable of the sower as we have done so far, mm -hmm. uh, listeners might be pretty amazed, uh, some, uh, mm -hmm. that there is a second parable of the sower. Correct. Give us a little insight here into this other uh, short little passage, mm. which uh, is like a second parable of the sower. Well, it's in the same chapter. And so there's uh, some other dialogue that goes on. But then in verse 26, quite a, quite a bit later, he says, "In the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He does not know how. The earth produces and then it goes through a process. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, he puts his sickle because the harvest has come. Now that's a very short parable, only three verses. And uh, of course it's about a man sowing seed as well, parable of a sower. Uh, but in this one, he brings more insight. The first parable, he's really talking about the different types of soil and how as we scatter seed of the gospel, you, you will have a variety of different responses and a variety of things that happen. It's not all good soil, but 
the more seed we plant, the scatter, the more good soil we'll find, you know. Uh, but in this one, this, is, this has got some interesting things. It says, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He does not know how. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, Neil, but when I've planted grass seed before, and when I went up in the shop and I bought the big bag of grass seed for my back, back lawn, I didn't have a, a you know a um, a bachelor of of microbiology and and you know uh, horticulture and I didn't I, I don't understand how a seed grows I don't even think scientists know completely how a seed grows yep. and when I put it up on the on the on the counter the person who who was selling it to me didn't say can I see your degree sir so I know that you know how the seed grows they just they just asked me for money and I handed it over and when I planted that seed I had no clue on how the the the, the mechanics of that seed grows and I did what this part, this person in the parable did I went to bed I slept and it says whether he slips or gets up the seed sprouts and grows it does it all on its own and this is the miracle of the gospel and the amazing thing that when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and I don't know how this works Neil now I'm not going to give you an answer here because just like with the seed I don't understand how the simple message of the gospel can transform people's lives for all of eternity but it does and you can plant a seed in someone and sometimes it doesn't grow for, for years, but it comes to fruition and and it's like, wow, how did that happen? And they're like, well, you shared the gospel with me. And I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a miracle. Uh, we just are called to go and plant those, those seeds of the gospel when it hits good soil and we pray that God would water that seed and grow it. It, the power is in the gospel itself, and that's why Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God under salvation for everyone who believes. There's something divine about this message, and that's why it's so important that we get it out to people. I don't know whether we've ever thought about the fine print on the seed packet here, mm. that uh, three out of four of the soils you sow this seed into are not going to give you a great result. That's right. Uh, maybe you might not be uh, you know, be reluctant to buy that seed, yes. but uh, now there's an interesting one there <laughs> Because uh, the seed isn't going to be a fabulous result in all of the soils that you sow it into. But this is actually, this is the Bible. This is what God Mm. is saying about this parable of the kingdom. Mm. Not everybody is going to be good soil. But sow the seed anyway. We are taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. John is in Seymour in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome. Yes, we can hear you, John. Yes, just going to say, um, and I know it's a bit controversial, but our, um, Australia's a lost paradise, and I think it's anti-family, it's anti-husband um, and wife, our culture's working against Christianity now. I think it's a lost paradise, and I think I, I wouldn't waste my time with Australia. You're better off in Asia and the eastern countries. They're hungry, and this, this country here, is a, I, I write it off, from a Christian point of view, it's a lost paradise. You can see that we're literally work, working completely against God's laws, and it's just going to get worse and worse. They're after, at the moment, they're after Mr. Porter, and he's going to have to be sacked because the pressure that they're going to put on him to resign is going to be that big. John, uh, you're making some interesting points. Uh, Moving into the politics, we're not talking about that today in particular, but you do make a pretty impressive point, as pessimistic as it may sound. Australia, a lost paradise. Mm. Don't worry about reaching Australians. They're closed to the gospel. They're those three sorts of soil, not the fourth. 
and uh, you're better off investing overseas. What are your thoughts, Stu Miller? Well, this is an interesting one because a lot of people think, well, let's just go to the parts of the world where revival's breaking out, where people are open to the gospel, where, where people are giving their lives to Christ. Let's go to India, to China, to Africa, where there's multitudes of people giving their lives to Christ. Well, my response to that would be uh, we need to work in the harvest areas, definitely. And we need to pray that the Lord of our harvest will send more workers into the harvest field. You know, Definitely we need to be working in those areas. But Jesus did say to go into all the world, and that includes Australia. Now, I would say within Australia, there is all those four soils. We can't just write everybody off in Australia. We're seeing people come to know Jesus, giving their lives to Christ here in Australia. There is good soil. But I think it also is a really good point that's raised that the you know some of the the politics and the cultural wars that are happening in our nation that are you know standing against family values against Christian values getting the Bible out of schools prayer out of Parliament all these sort of forces uh, that are trying to devalue Christianity is not creating a good soil for people's hearts and. I really value the likes of ACL, you know, Martin Niles and and people who are working in, um, and Bill, of course, working in these cultural walls to try and bring a Christian perspective and a good rational reason for that. Because I believe that, you know, if you, it's going to make the, the job of planting the seed so much easier if the ground is ploughed up and it's actually prepared and it is good soil. And if we're always coming up against, uh, you know, these lies that are in society that are, that are uh, you know, it's going to make it so much harder for us to do the job. So this is why it's so important, our, our witness, our the things that we do for the Lord, the uh, our food banks and our churches and our community outreaches and our the things that we do, mowing our neighbor's lawn, you know, the good works that we do as Christians, people need to see our love as well as just hear us talk about the gospel. This a lot of people say, Stuart, you're just all about the gospel and about preaching, but we we should be serving people. And I say it's not one or the other; it's both. We've got to do both. We we can't not share the gospel because then people don't know the way of salvation. And there are some wonderful ministries that are working, uh, which increases what we can call social capital Mm. uh, and even identifying, calculating the social capital that the church is producing in the community uh, for that sense of goodwill and a demonstration of the love of God. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, there's some connections there to the soil because the good soil, the uh, the hard ground, the stony soil, and the the thorny soil. I mean, all of these different soils. We're not just uh, only a couple of minutes out from news, and not far at all. But thank you so much for from John uh, in Seymour in Victoria. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We'll take another call after Vision National News. But just quickly, this idea that you can have a self assessment. Mm-hmm. Because this is personal as well, the parable of the sower. Yes, what sort of seed did that seed fall into in my life? Mm. Uh, was it good soil? Mm. Does it have the 160 or 30-fold increase? Right. Uh, or am I uh, the uh, the thorny ground, uh, the stony ground, or the hard ground? Uh, it's a self-assessment, Stuart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably the one that applies most to us is the thorny ground. where it, you know, And when Jesus was explaining the parable to the disciples, he said, and that's when the the cares of this world, you know, rise up and choke uh, the the seed that's been planted and and the new, uh, you know, signs of life. And so I think even as Christians, you know, have been in church for years, uh, we need to be very careful that we don't have the the cares of this world 
uh, and the opinions and the and the uh, the mindset, the philosophy of the world, watering down our Christianity and and changing our effectiveness because otherwise we won't be a hundredfold or sixtyfold or even thirtyfold. We might be a tenfold or fivefold. Stu, before we take another call, just uh, quickly, uh, there is some significant things happening with announcements about this new movement. What's uh, what's happening? Yes, uh, and anyone can be involved. Anyone can come along. There is a meeting tomorrow evening, 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So Australian Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Uh, and the meeting is for the launch of Go Decade for the Pacific. So the Go Decade is this vision to reach the entire world by 2030. And so if you are keen to be a part of that or to hear what a bit more about what's happening, uh, come along to the meeting. You just need to register by going to gonow.world forward slash Pacific. And you'll get the Zoom details and you can come upon that, come on that meeting and see what's going. We'd love to have you there. Uh, we're launching something that's going to be uh, fantastic for the next 10 years. Gonow.world forward slash Pacific. I'll give that website uh, further on in our conversation too. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Jonathan in Perth has been waiting patiently. Jonathan, thanks so much for your patience. What are your thoughts? Yes, uh, you know, according to what the question is about, that uh, we need to prepare. You say, will you go without not getting prepared? It is impossible. But sometimes we got emergency case. Like the time we're in, it is it's urgent because Jesus said, when you see these signs and all going on, they know my time is coming. So he is about to come. So we have emergency need. So we need to not just prepare, get put every baggage together because it will take a long time. Another point is, uh, as we are looking at the ground, we talk about, yes, some are equipped to preach outside of Australia, as we suppose it, but we need to study the ground in Australia. Even though the door have been closed, some people are unable, if you talk to them, you are in trouble. But we have to carry in prayer if the 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 spirit plow the ground for you, prepare the ground for you. That guy who are being hostile to you, don't want to hear from you, you'll be ready to listen to you. Jonathan, so you've made some fabulous points in that. Uh, Stu, I'm not sure which of those points you'd like to address. Uh, Jonathan did mention the urgency and the idea of Australia needs the ground ploughed and the seed sown here too. What are your thoughts for Jonathan? Absolutely, and uh, he made a good point also about not just reaching those overseas, but reaching those in Australia. And I think we've got to be doing two things in Australia. We, we, we heard from from John earlier about how the ground's hard in Australia, you know. And so the answer I don't think is to go overseas where it's where it's softer. But we need to be working where we are to plough up the ground and soften the hearts of people and and create a better soil environment here for the for the seeds of the gospel. But also, Neil, I think that there's been a real deficit of the actual gospel going out there. Sometimes we've we've had good initiatives in our churches, like food banks and and you know uh, you know community outreaches and and events and sausage sizzles and all sorts of things that we've done as a community to try to give to to the community and get you know credits in the bank as such. But we've also got to be able to communicate this life-changing, eternal message that, uh, you know, saves souls. How will people know the way of salvation unless they actually hear the message? 
And so sometimes I think we're a little bit out of balance. We're either all into the good works initiatives or we're just, let's just preach at people. We've got to be both. We've got to be working, uh, having both of those going out together. Funny, even as you're talking there and knowing that our question today is, is it possible that the whole world will be reached with the gospel without any organized effort? Mm. And uh, you've touched on something uh, pretty special there, this idea that when you have an event, Uh, You're doing that sort of thing, sowing that social capital, Mm. but perhaps you need to have just somebody who's on duty that day Mm. to be ready to share the gospel with people you're connecting with. And uh, and you talk about an organized effort. You can actually, uh, you can can have that balance. You can Mm. can touch both sides. Mm. Uh, You know, if you've got your team and you're doing the sausage sizzle and uh, you've got three people on the barbecue and someone is serving. Oh, and by the way, this is our designated gospel sharer uh, for the person (laughs) who is going to be ready and standing around ready to have a conversation. You could actually, that's an organized effort, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think we need to be more intentional about sharing with people. And sometimes we're not quite sure how how we can transition from our good works to that. Uh, for example, in uh, Food Bank in my church, I asked some questions about, well, what are we doing to to reach people with the gospel? And sort of like, well, no strings attached. We just give out some food, you know, and that's, and that's fantastic. But um, I said, well, why don't we, while we're waiting for the food parcel to be put together, have someone there that can have a talk with them. And so I went along to the food bank and I talked with people and people were very receptive because they're receiving food. They're receiving love from the church already. And um, and then I was able to share the gospel with them while they were waiting in, 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 in five minutes. So it doesn't take a long time. And if you do it in a loving and a respectful way, most people are open to hearing the message. And, uh, and it's great when the, the works and the words of the gospel uh, are connecting together. Works and words together. Thank you so much to Jonathan in Perth. Let's take another call. David is in Perth. Hello, David. Thanks for waiting patiently. No worries. Um, good morning to both of you. Um, I just wanted to pick up with the comments of a previous caller. Um, we are now in the sowing or, or, or reaping, so I just want to point back to... Hosea 8.7, where it says, uh, sow the wind and you'll reap the whirlwind. And also um, Psalm 107.34, a fruitful land becometh a barren place for the wicked and its inhabitants. And it's uh, we've had 70 years of uh, sowing the wind and uh, now we're reaping the uh, consequence of that sin. And uh, I think God's just sending us um, the the reaping of, of what we, we've sown and if we look back at Israel it was laid waste for a couple of thousand years basically um, now the uh, it, it, Jewish people have returned to the land and even the desert is blooming um, where it said it would be prophesied that the desert would bloom so I think um, at the crux of this is that God is in, in control of the actual land as well whether it's going to be rocky or whether it's going to be, um, you know, fallow or it's going to be um, good soil because that depends on our um, sinfulness, how much we've sowed sin into the land because um, as Jewish people have a relationship to the land, um, so that sets an example for, for the rest of us how we have a, a, a relationship to the, the nations, the land that God has given 
to the nations, to each and every nation. David, um, a lot in what you're sharing here, let's get a thought or two from Stu. Uh, you know, those, uh, there's a lot of points David's making there, and uh, I, I pick up a little bit of pessimism in there, but uh, what are your thoughts for David? Sure. I, I mean, I, I definitely think there's, there's obviously um, in the Scriptures when, when we sin... Uh, there's a consequence for that, and I think that's what we're hearing from from David, and we're hearing that, that that God does judge; He doesn't just overlook it. But at the same time, there's a, a common theme right through the Old Testament of God sending His prophets, uh, and His grace and His patience with people were was outstanding. You know, years and years and years of sinning against God, doing the wrong thing, rebelling against His commands, and He kept sending His prophets in to say, "Repent." Uh, turn away from these things and I will bless your land. And I believe God is still, he hasn't written off Australia. Some people may think, you know, you know, the judgment's come, it's too late. Uh, you might as well wipe out Australia. We've heard this from a couple of callers today, but I believe that, that God has not written off Australia. There is hope. Uh, and with many, they will turn away from God and, uh, and judgment will come upon them. But there are many in this nation that uh, that have a softer soil and are still receptive to the gospel, and there are many people coming to know Jesus. So I don't know that we can judge the whole every person in the nation uh, together. Uh, I understand that as a nation, the judgment can come upon us. I understand that point, but uh, individuals can still receive Christ and be saved as they turn and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Thank you so much to David in Perth in WA. And just to pick up here for a moment, there's been a a couple of callers uh, who've been particularly pessimistic and this idea of, uh, you know, why worry about Australia? Australia Mm. has a hardened heart. Mm. Uh, Why don't you invest in your gospel sharing overseas where you'll get a higher return? Now, perhaps there needs to be both of those in Hopefully play as well yep. Yep. Uh, but there's also just and just to touch this and uh, get your thoughts here there's also potentially an excuse here mm. uh, because times are getting harder and let's uh, not think that times are so hard here in Australia because we could compare ourselves uh, to many nations and things are easy here compared to other nations but let's sure. not start thinking that that can be an excuse to do nothing here mm. in Australia that's what I suspect mm. we can easily fall into you. Mm. And I think because we are a more individualistic society and there's challenges in getting the gospel to people that, that perhaps aren't there in some of the more communal countries that we go to on, on our mission trips you know, and find it a lot easier, I think sometimes we've put it the proclaiming the gospel in the too hard basket. We just go, oh, we can't do it here. Uh, and so there is this pessimism around it. There is this feeling that, oh, we can't do it. And I think maybe one of the reasons we're not seeing a harvest in Australia as opposed to overseas is there's been a lot of gospel sowing. There's a lot of seed that's been planted. And, and Galatians is very clear. If you do not sow, you will not reap. <laughs> and if we want to see the harvest, we can't just blame the people in the nation and say, you've all sinned. God's judging you. No one can get saved here. Uh, perhaps we should be looking at ourselves as Christians and saying, have we been planting the seeds of the gospel? Have we been scattering seeds around this nation? And I would say to, you know, uh, unfortunately, the answer is no. There's been very little proclamation of the gospel in our day-to-day lives as Christians, and I think that's got to change. And sometimes it's a matter of going, well, 
how do we actually do this in our culture? What are some of the tools and, and things that we can use to help us get through the barriers and the challenges that we've got in our culture? And that's why I'm so passionate about the G7 app, Neil, as you know. I always talk about it when I'm on the show because it's a great app that you can sit down with people that's culturally appropriate and you can actually cross some of those challenges, those barriers that are normally there where people go, hey, back off, buddy. You keep your religion to yourself when you just try, you know, eyeballing them. But when you pull out an app and sit beside them, hey, have a look at this. Hey, it's on a screen. It must be okay. All of a sudden, it, there's, a, there's an opportunity there to be able to communicate Christ. And if you do it with gentleness and respect, like we read in, in First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, you know, uh, always being prepared to make the defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And I think that's a key that we're not here to slam people or preach at them. We want to have a dialogue with them, a conversation, do it with gentleness, respect. But And we can actually do this in our society. We don't have to go overseas only to share the gospel. We can break through and we've got to have that mindset. Keep that door open and looking for opportunity. Let's yeah. hear from Tess in Esperance in WA. Hello, Tess. Welcome along. Hello. Um, yeah, I don't know where to start because a lot of thoughts have come to mind when listening. But, you know, we certainly have every opportunity here in Australia mm. and it starts with ourselves. It starts with reading the Word and being you know, walking with God each day and just sort of being open to, you know, showing the love of God or, you know, speaking in, in due season, you know, word season with light, just right at the right, you know, ask for a divine encounters and, and that's that happens one person at a time. And also um, Australia is a very precious country to God. You know, he was there way back in, he enabled the light horsemen to, you know, win the battle, we had a, a, a Christian constitution and we have a really strong Christian heritage, although it does not look like it now, um, generations gone on. But, um, you know, like we need to still have faith, really. You can't just give up because of the circumstances, but to be prayerful and start one person at a time. And, you know, God Tess, can do anything. Just wonderful. Don't give up just because circumstances look like they're changing a little. Uh, your thoughts for Tess, Stu? Wonderful to hear those words, Tess. I love your, your enthusiasm and your positivity. We've got to have the state of mind that, that even though it might be hard ground in, in Australia compared to other places, God is still moving. He's still touching people's lives. People are still coming to Christ in Australia. And we've got to keep planting that seed. If we can saturate Australia with the seeds of the gospel, I believe one day we will see a mighty harvest. But we'll never see a harvest unless we plant the seed. And like you say, it's one person at a time. And that's the, the power of each believer taking up that personal responsibility to reach those around us. And if we can all do that, we could see a changed nation. Wonderful stuff. Tess in Esperance. NWA. Thank you so much for your call. Let's traverse to the other side of the country. Jessica is in Townsville in Queensland. Hello, Jessica. Hi, how you going? Good, Jessica. What are your thoughts? Um, oh, just a quick thought. I've been in and out of the car, so I'm not sure if I've missed whether this has been brought up or not, but um, I just wanted to highlight, I keep thinking about Jonah and how he wrote Nineveh off. And then look what happened when he actually did what God called him to do. Yes. Um, so that's 
that kind of kept coming to my mind. And I think it's a good challenge. You know, what can we do in, in our individual circumstances and collectively in churches and then how the churches can then collectively partner together. So I think there's certainly room for growth. And a lot of the countries that are reaping a lot of benefits, at the, reaping a lot of um, harvest at the moment, they've gone through years and, and times where um, Christianity has been really persecuted. And, mm. and so, um, you know, I think this is sort of the exciting time because when there's black and white as compared to grey, um, you've got more people that are going to see the difference between um, secular and Christianity. And so I think this is more of an exciting but daunting daunting time for us, really. Jessica, wonderful to hear those thoughts. And uh, what sticks in my mind, as you were saying just at the beginning of that, you know, there's probably a little bit of Jonah in each of us. There is. And that could be a scary thought because there might be a big fish just around the corner ready to spew you up onto the beach in the place that you didn't want to be. Uh, Your thoughts for, for Jessica? Well, that was wonderful, Jessica, and Jonah is a great example because, you know, the people of Nineveh had no intention of following God and they were in rebellion, and he was like, I'm not going to preach to them, you know, because I know that God is merciful and loving, and and if they turn, he will heal their land and he'll bless their land, and they don't deserve it. And we can sometimes have that attitude, can't we? But we've got to have that love of God for the people of this nation. We've got to, to love the people around us enough that we want to share share this beautiful message, knowing that God could transform their lives. It may seem unlikely, but you know what? Sometimes we don't know what sort of soils just under the surface. Someone might have a hard exterior, but have some soft soil underneath. And when the gospel shared, it breaks down. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Jessica. Wonderful to hear from you. And uh, time is running out. There's been a bunch of comments on our Facebook page today, Stu. And just one Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, I'll just mention here, Douglas in Melbourne. It sort of goes along with what we're saying here. Called to say that when we, maybe it's not Facebook, maybe Douglas called in and and we've been uh, just told how this call goes. Douglas in Melbourne called to say that we shouldn't talk about Australia being hard soil because of the declaration that was made that says that Australia is the great south land of the Holy Spirit and we need to embrace that. Uh, There are ways you can think about Australia and there are ways you can think about the soil you're sowing seed into, but uh, that's a pretty good one. We'd take that as a prophetic expression over Mm. Australia. Great south land of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Uh, We'll we'll take in Vanuatu and all of that as well, but but your your thoughts for someone like Douglas. Yeah, and another caller mentioned too about the the, the forming of Australia and the, the, the incredible Christian roots that we have in this country, you know, and God's blessing on bringing about this Christian nation. And so I know we've strayed and we've become more secular and I know that, that you know, compared to other countries, it, it feels like it's harder ground. But I, I love the perspective of Douglas and the other caller who saying, hey, this is God's land. We're not giving it up yet. We're not going to write it off. It's got great um, roots. It's the, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to see people come to know Christ. Uh, that's a great attitude to have. Uh, Stu, we are running out of time. I did want to mention that website again, yes. gonow.world forward slash Pacific. That's the new website 
for this new movement that's being formed out of Global Outreach Day? Or is it, no, just get, you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's actually a registration for the, oh, okay. the, the, the go. go Decade launch tomorrow night. Right, yeah. Okay. But you can get more information on, on the, the GoNow.world site. But uh, if you go to the forward slash Pacific, it's uh, particularly for uh, registering for the meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we'd love to see you along if you can make it from anywhere in the nation, anywhere in the Pacific. Pass on on the message. Let's get heaps of people on this call. We want to coordinate and um, work together with lots of churches, evangelists, organisations, prayer teams, prayer organisations. We all needed one another, uh, and we need, we're working for the same goal of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Uh, some people are resistant to the idea of an organised effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we should be resistant to that. Uh, but uh, organised effort can happen personally too. Mm-hmm. We can have our own personal organised effort, mm-hmm. part of the community organised mm-hmm. effort, part of the national coordinated organised effort, part of the global organised that, effort. That's so, right. So you've got to start somewhere and yeah. you start with yourself. Yep. And then uh, for some people, they're going to say, I can do some more. I can be more uh, more productive. Mm. Uh, I can be the 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold increase if, if I'm the good soil. That's right. Uh, that I can get involved in something a little bit more deep and widespread. So, mm. uh, so now... Global Outreach Day, still the last Saturday, end of May. Is that the way that works? Yes, but the whole month of May is a focus on evangelism. So there's a particular day, which is a a worldwide global day, uh, which is Global Outreach Day. And then the whole month of May, we're we're praying, we're we're evangelizing. Obviously, we should do this all year round, but there's a real focus on trying to do something more than we normally would. And one of the things, you know, you're talking about, you know, every person doing something, you know, and that's one of the the, the mottos is, uh, you know, everyone can reach someone and together we can reach the world. That's the motto of Global Outreach Day. Everybody can reach someone and together we can reach the world. And we're encouraging people to think of five non-Christian friends or acquaintances that you've got, five people. Pray for them every day in May and try and make an appointment uh, of some sort with them and try to articulate the gospel with them. If you if you need help with that, uh, I encourage you to download the G7 app, G for gospel, seven for seven minutes, and um, you can get that from the Android or the uh, Apple App Store and um, download that onto your phone. It's got instructions, internal uh, tutorial in there. Get equipped because you need to be ready. Like that scripture we just read from First Peter, you need to be ready to give an account of the hope that's within you. And if you're not ready, then you're bumbling and going, what do I say? And afterwards you're saying, why did I say that? Or why didn't I say this? And you replay the conversation in your mind and think, man, I should have been prepared. Let's get prepared now. Let's get trained. Let's know what the gospel is, how to proclaim it. And that way, when we've got those opportunities, we're ready and willing and able. Uh, free resources on Train to Proclaim's website, traintoproclaim.com. Stu, I'm going to invite you back in here either mm-hmm. at the end of April or mm-hmm. early May and we'll reinforce some of these sorts of things we're talking yeah. about uh, for the month of May. And we'll Fantastic. make it, let's, let's make that a plan and we'll get you back and we'll talk through some of these things. Another, I, I love these heart to heart conversations. Yeah. We're not afraid to talk about the negatives and I think mm-hmm. listeners will know uh, some of those negatives that were raised even by listeners on the phone as well yes uh, were relevant things that need to be talked about need to be brought to light mm. uh, just so that uh, you know people don't know that uh, people don't think that th- 
those are being ignored no. and uh, and become excuses for us not to be able to share the gospel. So uh, great stuff today. Stu, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Stu Miller, the tr- uh, founder of Train to Proclaim, and uh, uh, look forward to our next update. Great. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.